The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. What's so funny over there? What is so funny? Nothing funny about this, folks. And if you think there is, well, you've picked the wrong night to be funny. This here is the five count. It is. It is? And so you're saying that Jaws Part 4 is your favorite. I, did I just say that? I thought I think you just were saying that before we got on air here. I think Part 3 is my favorite. Part 3 of Jaws. Before we started the program... Ton was complaining about the snorks and why the snorks aren't cool. And then I said to Ton, why did you think they would be cool? Well, I have the book, The Snorks and the Water Witch, and I've been reading that to Sophia since she was two. And it's a book that I had when I was a young child. And uh, now I even read it to Sibelius. And um, the book is great. They love the book. The book is fun. Seems like it makes some kind of sense. The Snorks and the Water Witch, and then I tried to watch the Snorks cartoon, and it's nothing like the book. And I was like, what is the, other than that they're Snorks and they live underwater, but that's like the the end of the fun times. Snorks. Ton, it's Smurfs with snorkels. Not sure how you would have thought that would have been a promising endeavor. I expected different voice acting, too, I think. And none of the people, like... Well, I, I need to probably watch more of it. But in the episode that I was watching, there wasn't the people like Demi and Daphne weren't there watching the kelp farm. And there wasn't Tudor watching the, the tide machine and stuff. And these other people like it was like totally different snort characters. And they were lame in comparison to the book. Well, luckily for you, gentle listeners, you don't have to worry about anything lame happening tonight. On this program. It's going to be top notch. It's going to be highbrow. As you can hear by the bad music, Dusty has some fabulous thing planned. Oh, it's big doings big tonight, Ton. Big time. Um, in fact, tonight's program might be a bit too much for some of you weak mamby-pambies. Mamby-pambies. If you don't mind me using a term that Ton's grandpa popularized. So, for those of you who are faint of heart, beware. It's going to be extreme tonight, Ton. 
big doings. Well, tell us about it. On the program tonight, we have Marcus Groskoff, founder and bassist for the band Halloween. <laughs> wow, so that's why you were listening to it the other day, just nonstop Halloween. Just me even making that announcement, ton spit up a little bit. Wow. Wow, dude. It's going to be a bit too metal for some of you out there. It's going to be something. So you might want to turn in early. It might freak you off, something fierce. It's going to be intense. Ton is the keeper of the seven keys, as we all know. Mm. Lots of Halloween tonight. Wow. This is really going to be something. I bet you didn't see that coming. I didn't at all. I did not see that coming. I bet you can't hear it coming because you'll run screaming. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes i won't even be able to hear it going it's gonna be ridiculous Don, what else do we got on the program i don't know uh, we got you in a very beautiful master gardener shirt you like this shirt yeah it's really good does it hurt your eyes to look at me no i love. I mean it. not because of my handsomeness and all around beauty yeah i mean just like the loudness of my shirt i love it i wore that shirt for many years same shirt master gardener what happened to it oh uh, well you're wearing it now so this is your shirt yeah i think so hmm. I, think it's, I mean it looks exactly the same looks better on my floor hey oh yeah. <laughs> wait how's that saying go <laughs> uh, yeah that's how the saying goes does that's, that make sense in this context i mean it could if you wanted to that's fine I'm excited, and I'll tell you why. And maybe if you listen close at home, you could pick up on this as well. Mm-hmm. We are entering that time of year where the studios that we record this program in reach a temperature of up to and including 97 degrees. Yeah. Because Ton likes it toasty. So you can hear as the show goes on, I start to get more out of breath. Sure. I sound a bit more flushed. Yeah. My huskiness kind of goes into overdrive. Mm, wonderful. It's not really a positive thing. Yeah, a lot of people love that about you. Oh, well then turn the heat up, would you? Just get the husk kind of coming on. Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> we got that air conditioner on the wall. Oh, is it hot in here? <laughs> we, know, we know how to use it now. Ugh. Ugh do a lot of that yeah it's all right falling asleep so i gotta paint a mental picture radio is theater of the mind ton got out of his mercedes looking like steven seagal (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's so rough i can't help but think that you everyone's gonna think of current day steven seagal with the weird like kimono deal on and a giant gut and strange facial hair and like the and i hope i hope to lord jesus i don't look like that i'm not that far gone well ton hasn't started using hair for men but other than that see it's pretty spot on wow so i look super gross now is what you're saying no I think you look like Steven Seagal from his um, songs from the Crystal Cave era when he released that music <laughs> album. I have no idea what he looked like then. No idea. 
looked hot. Let's look it up. Is he on the cover? Yeah, with a big giant mood ring. The music is something that could be described as outsider country meets world music meets Aikido. Oh, wow. Look at this guy. Holy cow. Those of you listening, please immediately pull out your cell phone and look up Steven Seagal songs from the Crystal Cave. Or just put in Steven Seagal album. Wow. We've He's got played, more than one, huh? We've played some of this on our show. So anyway, Ton is marked for death tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Yikes. Yikes. Did you realize that Steven Seagal has made about 500 movies? 500? No way. Or maybe like closer to 30. That's But still, real. it's a lot. 500? 30. Oh, 30 makes more sense. Yeah. What did I say? 500? I'm at closer did to 30. Did he make that movie called Fire Down Below? He did. Yeah. In 1997. Man, that's the Seagal that I'm trying to be like. You're trying Under to, Siege and Fire Down Below. Like Jack Taggart? Something like that. All right. Should we get Steven Seagal on the show? Absolutely. He's already on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Don. I oh, didn't mean that. All right. Well, as much as I'd like to research Steven Seagal in silence over the radio, we mm-hmm. should probably move on to something else. Yeah. We've got five count mailbag questions tonight. We might even have some five count hotline messages. Oh, yeah. The five count hotline. 5075192030. The ticket to your dreams. Do you think Steven Seagal has his own hotline? Doubt it. If he does, let us know. Because I'd like to call it. Yeah. Can we get call? some advice? On how to look so cool. <laughs> oh, Seagal. I don't think he's acting anymore. What is he up to? I think he just... Uh, he's not dead, is he? Did he no, die? No, he's not dead. He's teaching Aikido. He's very serious Aikido. Is that like those things with the... I like the chicken ones. With the no, flower? This is where you beat people up, Dust. Or really, you control people's bodies, I think, is really what you'd call that. He was married to the uh, girl from Weird Science? I didn't know that. Should have been you, Ton. That's all I'm saying. Problem so, is, Ton, you can't main, even take a shower with a beautiful woman without wearing your jeans. <laughs> Dude, I can and I have taken a shower with a beautiful woman without jeans on, okay? All right, if you say so. Man. Ton's one of those guys who wears his swim trunks in the shower. No, I don't wear swim you know, there's I've, always that one. I've worn swim trunks in the shower while my daughter is taking a shower also, and she wanted me to be in there to wash her hair and just says, just come in, Dad. Then I'll wear the swim trunks to be appropriate. How come you wouldn't put them on when we had to share a shower? Well, that's an obvious dust. There's something that was obvious, but... Comfort level is an entirely different thing. 
You're telling me. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time, if you're ready, to hear some Halloween. Yes.
Hi, this is Ian Hill from Judas Priest, and you're listening to The Five Count.
Hi, this is Glenn Hughes, and you're listening to The Five Count.
Hey, we're back. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. It's uh, it's all good. I understand. Hope you didn't drive off the road. I understand the excitement. It's the five count. Everyone's excited. Oh, yes. Everyone's talking about it. Mostly they're saying stuff like, geez, those guys are still on the air. Yeah, that happens a lot. A lot of the people who work here at KMSU even mutter that sometimes. Oh, you still do that show? They wow. still let those guys on. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's cool, I guess. Hear that one all the time. People talk like that? Oh, that's cool, I guess. Ton hangs out with gaggles of people who talk through their nose, but still talk down to him. Yeah. Yeah, whenever. I can't even do it. It's just so nasally and disrespectful. It really is. I'm basically surrounded with by disrespect all day, every day. I'm not sure how I get through, to be honest with you. Do you I've, feel a little disrespected right now? I mean, I did interrupt you as you were saying you feel disrespected, so. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and then the funny thing is, you know, when I feel like I'm at home, it's the weekend, I shouldn't get disrespected, I still get disrespected. And then once my wife goes to bed, I feel like, okay, now I won't get disrespected anymore. And then I still get disrespected by Billy Floyd shouts hmm. immediately. It's like I can't escape it. It's just forever. All I want is to be loved, Billy Floyd shouts. Sounds like you want out. Like that Halloween song. Yeah. Hey, did you know that uh, Marcus Grosskopf from Halloween is going to be on the show tonight? Yes. They have a new album out. It's called Halloween. Halloween. And they're going to be at the Fillmore on May 27th with Hammerfall. A ton won't be there because it's going to be way too metal. (laughs) I've seen Hammerfall in concert live. You ran screaming from said concert. No way. I was there. Too much metal. I I was there. They opened for Stradivarius. It was ridiculous. Stradivarius was much better than Hammerfall. Man, I hope they don't hear you say that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what an awesome band name, Halloween. It's just, wow. They've been around for a long time. They really have. And now, finally, they'll be coming home to roost, whatever that means. Some kind of chicken talk. Chicken talk. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. Son, I got to... I got a couple voicemails left on the five count hotline. Really? From an anonymous person. I'll play them back to back. Okay. Let me know if you are can... they are they both from the same person? Yes. Okay. Let me know if you know who this person is. All right. I this song. The words were Mothers of son, Mothers of Sons and Heroes. Mothers of Sons and Heroes. I heard it on public radio about four years ago, Mankato. Dude, you sound like you're kind of smart. What mother is not going to get a Mother's Day card this year? The answer is Mrs. Dale Earnhardt Sr. (laughs) That's harsh. (laughs) Man, anonymous, that's... uh... (laughs) <clears throat> Man. Wow. Was that your dad? Uh, no. <laughs> I I want to say thank you so much for calling in, number one. Um, really appreciate it. Great messages. Um, wow. What a guy. 
That was all. He he listened to our Mother's Day show and then felt like he needed to call into the Five Con Hotline. Is what it sounds like. Well, he heard a song about six years ago called "Heroes and Mothers." Yeah, sounds deep. And then he made an offensive NASCAR joke, which I know gets under your skin. Something fierce. Not me, but I think it gets seriously underneath Billy Floyd Chow's skin. And we don't need that. You see that, Billy Floyd Chow's? I'm trying to protect you, my friend. I thought that was him that called at I, first. I love you and your your beautiful velvet tracksuit, and I'm just looking for some reciprocation here. That was not Billy Floyd Chow's. That's code for tongue kisses. <laughs> Just a heads up. <laughs> I'm looking out for you too, Billy. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure who that was, but... I don't know who that was. Sounds like a nice guy, though. Well, happy Mother's Day, guy from a week ago. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. Sorry, Ton couldn't be here to answer your call. Mm-hmm. Wow. Seems like we would have had a good conversation. I got some five count mailbag questions for you. Really? Hey, five count. I have a question. Whatever happened to pizza at McDonald's? Curious minds want to know. Sign T. Tony Tone. P.S. Search Spotify for this question. Search Spotify for it? That's something. That's some secret thing. Is this like a scavenger hunt? Easter egg. Um, T. Tony Tone. I don't know what's happening, but um, I don't ever. I maybe I'm too young, but I don't recall McDonald's having pizza. But um, I just Google searched it, and here we are. I think it was short lived. The McPizza. It was in the 80s. I do remember that. Launched in the mid-1980s and mostly dis- discontinued in 2000. So it was available for all that time. I don't ever recall a McPizza in Mankato. It came, it came in a little green box. Oh, currently only one location in Orlando, Florida still serves McPizza. Okay. I do not recall McPizza. Wow. Why do we have to look for it on Spotify, though? By 91, the McDonald's test markets for pizza had grown to 500 locations. Wow. Would you order pizza from McDonald's? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't. Do you remember when Burger King served tacos? No. Oh, I do. I remember. Was there a taco burger? No, it was just tacos. Because there used to be one up on campus right by the radio station. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Because when I went to college, you'd spend $400 on textbooks that you never used. And then when you'd go at the end of the semester to the bookstore to try to sell them back, they'd offer you 12 bucks for them and a coupon for Burger King. And they had tacos. Dude. And they sucked. Did they suck? That's a bummer. Well, you typically would go to a place called Taco King if you wanted good tacos. Taco King? Not Burger King. I went to Taco John's. But you know what? I do remember when Taco John's had a taco burger, and I remember it was good. I don't think they have that anymore. Um, T. Tony Tone, I just got to ask you, were you trying to get us to go to 
the podcast by uh, Brian Thompson, Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's. It's it's multiple episodes, Dust, about Brian calls McDonald's customer service. This sounds amazing. Do you think we should do that? Yeah, he calls. Brian calls an investigation firm to ask if they can investigate why McDonald's stopped selling pizza. <laughs> this is okay. Thank you so much, T. Tony Tone. Thank you. I'm going to listen to some of that. It's got to be beautiful. It's got to be great. Did uh, Mac tonight sell pizza? You remember Mac him, don't you? Mac tonight. Ton, didn't anything ever stick with Is you? Is that the for- moon guy? The McDonald's uh, yes, moon guy? Ton. Yeah. I didn't know he was called Mac tonight. You don't seem to remember anything happening ever. I did a lot of drugs at one point <laughs> in my life, Dust. It's, t- it's hard. It's hard well, for me. Well, you think you... Drugs or not, you would remember a giant Ray Charles-esque moon man with sunglasses. I do remember what he looks like. I just didn't know he was called Mac tonight. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. I don't remember the McPizza or the Taco King. Do you think instead of the format we have now where we come up here and have nothing planned and then just yammer on for an hour? Was the burger- you think we should go more into in-depth into various topics and do deep dives into things? Like I'm I'm about to do that. Do you think the, the taco at Burger King was called the Waco? I doubt it. It's like the it's like the taco whopper. What is it called? Taco at Burger King? Yeah. I think it was just called Taco. That's lame. Why would you just call it a taco? You got so much opportunity. Right? Like it was just Burger King taco, right? <laughs> Gross. You could have called it the Taco King. You could have called it the Waco, the the Walker, the <laughs> the the what? The Texas Ranger of tacos. I mean, Waco Taco Ranger. <laughs> yeah, dude. What are you saying? Didn't they have some kind of cowboy cowboy burger too? Didn't they have that for one a while with the. With an onion ring and some barbecue sauce on there, the junior bacon western cheese. No, there was there was a there was a cowboy something. They could have had a cowboy Walker Walker cowboy taco. They could have had so many things. What could have been? Could you imagine Burger King that's selling a taco with cheese and hamburger and onion ring and a barbecue sauce in there? But why would you? I mean, just <laughs> speaking, just from our area here. Yeah, as a guy who eats burgers and stuff. Geographically speaking, yeah, the Mankato North Mankato statistical area mm-hmm. has about seventeen Mexican restaurants. Yeah. So why would you go to Burger King to get a Waco Texas Ranger? Well, you do it because you're high on drugs at at like one in the morning. That's what you used to do, and then those particular types of items would be on the dollar menu for very inexpensive and so you'd spend like three bucks and you'd get a taco and a cowboy burger and then some like a a chicken sandwich or fish sandwich that fish sandwich with the mayo and the pickles and then the cowboy one with the onion ring and then you get yourself a taco and you're feeling good i thought you were just over throwing up in the onyx parking lot well that happens later again that happens around 2 a.m Still high on various things and full of dollar menu Burger King items. 
Man, you've led quite a life. I know. I'm here, not alone either. I know it. Here I've been wasting every weekend of my life volunteering for public radio. I know. What a waste. You missed out. I haven't thrown up once at the Albatross. Yeah. Not once. Dude. Have I even lived? No, you haven't. You have not lived until you've thrown up there and then eased the Monte Carlo SS through the Burger King drive-thru and then back on over to the Tross to finish up solid. Well, really liquidy, but... And then throw a chair through the window of Johnny B's. Yep. Don't throw a chair at my Monty, but throw a chair through the window over there, yeah. Throw your Monty. I'll drive it through Johnny B's like that episode of Full House. Nobody touched my Monty. When Stephanie Tanner finds herself in the kitchen. Nobody ever touched my Monty. She got into Bullet, was playing around, remember, and it backed into the kitchen. (laughs) Remember that? No. There's also an episode where... They were playing around. Stephanie, no, it was DJ and Steve were in the cement truck making out. Accidentally bumped a switch. Cement chute crashed right into that same kitchen. Filled it up with cement. Wow. Concrete. Why were they making out in a concrete mixer? They just couldn't get any privacy. Wow. It was a full house, Ton. A full house. A lot of people were in that house. Yeah. Nowhere to make out. Wow. Yeah, you're telling me. I wish I had that problem now. I wish I had somebody who wanted to make out with me and then I had the problem of trying to find a place to do it. God, that'd be great. Well, if I ever run into a a big man on campus named Steve, I'll send him your way. Well, I'm kind of looking for, you know, a different scenario than that, but thanks. I would suggest DJ Tanner, but she stood me up three separate occasions. Well, maybe I got to call her. Gotta try something. Obviously, she doesn't want to talk to me. DJ Tanner, looking in your direction, and I'm looking through you onto a concrete truck with our name on it. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. How about we wink, wink over to our uh, interview here with Marcus Groskopf? He's the founder basis for Halloween. Awesome. Ton. Talk about puking in the parking lot. This is going to be a little too metal for some of you out there. It's going to be extreme. Hang on to your butts. We're joined today by Marcus Groskopf. He is the bassist for Halloween. As they're back on the road here, they're coming to the Fillmore in Minneapolis on May 27th. Marcus, how you doing today? All right, all right. I'm very, very good. It's funny, like, when I started doing interviews today, uh, an hour ago, the guy, the guy right next to me started drilling some big fucking terrible holes into the wall. And so it was very, very loud. I couldn't hear anything. And I was just like going to the balcony doing my interviews. But it's, but it's nice weather, so it's cool. I don't know when he starts drilling the next hole. But it's nice weather and it's cool. It's blue sky and I can see some water. Some cows. <laughs> Excellent. Some cars. <laughs> I'm fine. And I'm having a beer, a nice cool one. So it's going to be a good day for an interview. Thank you so much for joining me. It's an honor speaking with you. All right. It's my pleasure. Well, first of all, Halloween is uh, hitting the road here throughout May and into June. And it's got to be exciting for you guys to, to get back on the road and into the States here. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time, right? When was the first time I've been there? That's a couple of years ago. 
including the fucking pandemic time. <laughs> and this time we're coming. I can't, I can't even remember the last time we came without Michael and without Kai, right? Or did we do the last American tour with a new lineup? You know, I think maybe you might have right before everything shut down. Yeah, all right, all right. There you go. It's. I mean, we're talking about a couple of years. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, but uh, it's going to be great coming back. You know, we're uh, trying to get a set list together for this American tour, which will be probably similar to the one that we're playing in Europe. And then before that, we go to South America. Yeah, looking forward to it. And you guys will be at the Fillmore here in Minneapolis uh, on May twenty seventh, and. I know there are a lot of Halloween fans here in Minnesota, so as you mentioned, it's it's been a while. People are really excited. All right, all right. I, I remember Minnesota, but wasn't at the club where Prince was playing at? <laughs> uh, yep, at First Avenue. Yep. When we when we did the the the, the Halloween show at the Halloween Day, <laughs> somebody <laughs> told me that that's been the club where Prince did some uh, recordings for that. Purple Rain movie and all that kind of stuff, you know. I can't quite remember that. Is if it's the same, I can't. If it's the same city, I, I think it was Minneapolis. Right? Yep, yep, that's the same place. All right, all right. I I I remember that kind kind of very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're playing with Hammerfall on this tour, and that has to be cool for you guys. But I, I imagine even more so for them. I'm sure you guys were a big influence on them coming up, as you were a lot of bands. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're hanging out with the guys. They're quite nice. It's like when we have a touring break, you kind of miss those guys because it's so, it's a very good understanding on tour. And I'm hitting the dressing rooms and stealing the beers and making fun and stuff like this. The guys are really, really cool, you know. It's good to hang out with them. <laughs> so the tour is going to be really, really funny. And, and, and it's, it's better when you, when you understand your, yourself with with the other guys with the other bands and having fun and talking and ringing a little and you know it's it's just it makes life so much more easier you know and it's a great band on stage we give them like oh, an hour and 15 playing time so it's not only a support band it's like a real real cool package like a real cool killer package coming at you Definitely. And and I know you're playing uh, from the latest album, Halloween. That's uh, probably the first time the, the U.S. audiences, at least, will hear a lot of these new songs. Oh, yes, yes. And I can, uh, we're kind of looking forward to it, you know. Rehearsing time will be uh, coming at us in next week. or And then we start in South America doing some Deep Purple uh, Scorpion, Saxon, and Kiss festivals, <laughs> where we are being there for like almost forty years, being almost hitting our sixties. Uh, we we're gonna be the youngest bands band over there. <laughs> Isn't that strange? <laughs> it's great that uh, you've had the longevity that you've had, and I know that last album uh, did well. And can you tell us a bit about the the album, maybe for? Um you know, the listeners maybe that uh, somehow missed it. I mean, how was it for you to be back in the studio, uh, you know, with the with the original guys after all these years? Yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, uh, you have two more guys in the band, and that that also meant it's not going to make the whole process easier because you have like 
writing songs and discussing what song is going to be the best song for the album and what part in the song is going to be the best part for the song. It's always a big discussion, you know. That's why you enter the studio having all these discussions and trying to make the best arrangements. You, you're always trying to find out what the song needs, what the song is crying for, what the song is asking for. And having two more people in this process, having two more very creative people like Michael and Kai wouldn't really make the whole process easier, but it's it's also so much more input, giving the song some more attitude, you know. That's what, what that what that was really, really interesting to see how the song developed with some new guys coming in, new old guys coming in, also having ideas about the songs, how to how to create them, you know. It's it's been a real, real big creative process that that went well this time and great. I mean it took so much longer than we used to do it, but it, there was so much more because there was so much more input from all sides, you know, because we're like five songwriters in the band. <laughs> you don't do it just like that. You sit down, you talk, you try, you 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 give it another try, you 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 throw uh, uh, parts in the bin, you create new stuff, but, but it's and, and there's coming ideas from all sides till your head is full of ideas. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta try, and then till till your head is full of 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 you know steaming ideas. But in the end of the day, you have a hell of a record coming out of it, you know. And I kind of like that kind of work, and it's very very massive working this massive attack of ideas coming at you and you got to find out what's best for the song but you know listen to the record and then you know what i mean it's it took a long time but it, it's been a hell of a process and it's been very interesting definitely so do you feel like um, the vibe in the studio when everyone came back together after so long did, did it kind of just sort of fall back into place maybe like riding a bicycle uh, no, that was very, very different because this time we decided to go back to the old studio when we recorded like the, the Master of the Rings, the Chameleon album and all that stuff when okay. we started off with uh, recording with Andy Darius for the very first time when Ingo was still there, Ingo Schwichtenberg on the drums. And we, we rented that studio just for the vibe of it, for the hell of it, you know, because we thought uh, on the last tour, you probably saw how we did... Uh, how we produced Ingo's drum solo uh, uh, on the screen playing together with Donnie, you know? And so we thought, what can we do for, like, keeping the Ingo vibe for the next album? So we we went into into this old studio where, where we did the recordings with him in, in, uh, for some records before he passed away. And we, all, we also rented all those analog 24-track machines that were recorded on, on those back in those days. And also we had like the, the original drum kit he was playing on those albums. You know, that was all an idea just for the... I mean, people might, might not like hear it that obviously, but for us it's something very, very special. You know what I mean? It's something very emotional sure. that, that, that was flowing into that pro whole process of that record it's still something of that for me in there uh, that that's very very big emotional for us you know 
And I think you can hear that. I mean, if you don't hear it that obvious, but that that vibe for us was there, that that creation, that that way of creating something, you know. Yeah, and I know the album did really well on the charts and was well received all over the world. I mean, that's got to be a good feeling, knowing how excited the fans were to to hear you guys, uh, you know, back together again and going back to uh, to the old ways and still it's sounding uh, fresh and new. So, I mean, definitely, uh, it's got to be a great feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice, it's nice, and also the tour went very well so far. I mean, especially of we we got kicked in the arse by by the pandemic, by the fucking pan, pandemic. After we we went number one, right? We were just like ready to go for it, ready to go out and and kick some butts. But then you know we were kind of stopped, like everybody else was kind of stopped by that fucking. Uh, bullshit virus that nobody really needed <laughs> and being there with the number one album being stopped like this was like not really really funny but then in the end of the day you know we were uh, we are still hot going out playing I mean the tour we're doing now was planned for like 19 or not, or 20 you know but this is still fresh you know we we kind of miss one one period of time, one period of tour and record, <laughs> but still it's it's working well. Um, people seem to really they they really like to go out being entertained. You know, sure. it's it's amazing. So, with that being said, was there much that you wound up changing in the set, or you know, for the live show that you maybe had when you first started out? Did it kind of evolve over the last couple of years? Uh, well, well, we, we we've been putting on ice for like one and a half, two years, and then we were just at, as it went on again. It it was suddenly there again, you know. And we decided to, all right, we play this song, we play that song, and suddenly the normal process started again, as if there was nothing happened before, you know. You go back into the rehearsal room, you start talking about music. What can you play? What can you? Uh, do what can you do for a live show? What live parts? What singing bits? How can you involve the audience? And it was just like the normal process was just like there when we when we first hit the rehearsal room again. You know, the rehearsal studio again it was just like wow, it's still there after those two years been put on ice. Nobody thought of like oh oh well maybe it's going to be something different. But it was just like right there, right there, at the, at, right in your face. And it was just like right working on some tracks and working on some music. But it was just like the feeling was there. That the, we, 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 there was nothing missing, really. And that was kind of cool, you know. And with that attitude, we go out now. We're back again. And nothing can really destroy us. Well, I know you have been with halloween since day one and it's been about 35 years since uh, the keeper of the seven keys albums were released you know those albums really put you guys on the map at that time but they really still hold up well today i think uh, do you did you kind of realize at that time that you were creating a style that really influenced i mean pretty much every european metal band that came after you guys <laughs> when we did the first mini lp even with the first song on a death metal sampler and the walls of Jericho coming up, uh, I thought, well, that is really, really something different. And we, I mean, it was clear that inventing the wheel in you is not going to happen anymore. But And 
in, in, in changing styles and in changing what was there, taken, influenced, influences by Deep Purple, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, and Black Sabbath, and all that kind of UFO bands. Uh, was all that influence was there with that with us? Just but we, we took it and took it to to a different kind of thing you know it, it was like we wanted to find a, our own style of music and we knew we gonna do we had to do something different from what was there already we could easily do some easily going hard rock music which was going on in, in the city of hamburg at that time but we we needed to find a style that was not really With with the with the with the old influence we had, we we needed to create something very different from what was there at the time, and we knew there is something, there was something in the air, so to say, <laughs> but we didn't know how how far we're going to take it, you know. And in the end of the day, forty years later, we're standing here, still sitting, talking about the next shows, <laughs> you know. You couldn't, you couldn't believe it, the when you when you were young, when you were twenty two. But you know, after all this time, I'm I'm thank God I I'm still be able doing this. You know, definitely. Well, again, Halloween is on the road. You're coming to Minneapolis May twenty seventh. Is there anything else maybe coming up for for the fans or something else we should be watching out for? Uh, no, it's just we're just like concentrating on on the live shows we're going to do. Uh, this year uh, I think it's gone it, it, it gonna takes us out for like we do South America we go back to Germany do a couple of shows there then we come to North America a little bit of Canada's in there we're gonna do some then we go back to Europe do a lot of them European festivals which which are very very popular we, we go out on weekends destroying everything, set fire to the curtains, go back home for the <laughs> weekdays, and then on the weekends we go out for, like, another sh another shot on the festival, you know? That's what I kind of like doing. And then after that, that, that is our summer season. It's always great. You're meeting people there you didn't see for a long time because they're touring and you're touring, and, you know, you hook up there after the shows, sharing a nice cold one. It's great. That's what I kind of like. And after that, we go to Japan, and then it's time to think, maybe think about writing some new stuff, you know, in the end of the year. But I think the full year is packed with gigs and, yeah, live entertainment. Awesome, man. Well, definitely looking forward to, to you guys coming to Minnesota here. And up. Yeah, all right. I'm there. <laughs> Again, it's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. And again, that was the one and only Marcus Groskopf, the bassist for Halloween. And Halloween is coming to the Fillmore in Minneapolis on May 27th with Hammerfall.
up, everybody? This is Marty Friedman. You're listening to the best show out there. It's The Five Count.
Positive? Oh, yeah. Can you handle that? I think so. Welcome back to the five count. Hey, hey. Here it is. That was Marcus Groskopf from Halloween. Pretty awesome. Ton cried. Ton cried so much. Crying. So emotional. Halloween is going to be at the Fillmore May 27th with Hammerfall. Should probably go there. If you're not a complete wimp wuss. A wimpless. Are you a wimpless out there? You might be. Looking into your direction. Yeah. I don't think there's, there can't be too many wimpwusses that listen to this program. I was actually looking in a mirror. Oh, dust. I'm sorry. Hey, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be just fine. It's the five count. Everything's going to be fine. I got a message here, Tony. No, you did not. Someone sent some text messaging to the five count hotline. Really? It's like um, typing a letter, but through the air. Yeah, you too can leave us a text message, a voice message, whatever you want at the five count hotline. 507-519-2030. Five count. Hey, what kind of award did the dentist get? No idea. A little plaque. A little plaque. Get it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that from John and New Orleans? You know what's funny? My son just told me this joke tonight. Oh, really? But he said, "What kind of award did the dentist get?" A little plaque. You. Because <laughs> of how he read it. <laughs> and I said that is funny. That is really funny. A little plaque. You. <laughs> I think this weekend is the latest Fast Furious movie. This has been news you can use, John. Also, P.S. was good to hear from Ben in Medelia. I sent in a text a few weeks back asking about him that was read on the air. He maybe heard it. From a concerned citizen and kind of a cool person, John in New Ulm. Just kind of a cool person? I don't know, John. I think you're a very cool person. I don't know. I mean, would would you go to would you go to the Fast and Furious movie? I would not. You wouldn't at all. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because I've never seen any of them. So I feel like it would be Continuity-wise, it might be strange to just leap into that film series at part 10. Yeah, it would be. You've not seen a single one? No. 
Do you think I'm missing out? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You're not really selling me on this. Have well, you seen all one through nine? I haven't seen them all. I've seen one through like. Do you own them? I've seen one through six. I don't own all of them. I only own like three. But I've seen through six, and I think, um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. When you watched them, did you think to yourself, ah, they could use at least four more of these? You know, I didn't. I didn't. Well, but here we are. I I remember watching the first one and kind of getting a kick out of it, but um, I have to be honest. For once, ton such a liar. Try to be honest. Um, I don't. Re- I, okay, first off, I don't remember exactly when that came out, but I want to say it was what, like late nineties, early two thousands, something like that. So they made ten of these in twenty years. I think so. I really don't know. I should probably look that up. But man, even Police Academy only had seven movies. There's, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, so. Let me look it up. When did the first one happen? 2001. Okay. So soon after they discontinued the pizza at McDonald's. Soon after. Coincidence? And I, so in high school, I was still like, I was hot rodding and my friend and I were building engines, but still we were doing it like old school. We were, we were building American V8s. We were building Chevy 350s. We both had Monte Carlos. I had an SS. We loved that. That We loved the G-bodies. We loved 70s muscle cars, that sort of thing. So when the Fast and the Furious came out, and it really launched like Asian, Asian fast cars, like, uh, you know, the Toyota Supra was in there in a, in a, in a big way. And you sued them because you quickly realized it was based on your life. No, it was not, not not even close. Oh. So it was a lot of like tuning, tuners and, and turbos and stuff. And um, I just couldn't, I couldn't get on board. It was like a different world for me at that time. From um, where you come from. Even though they had the, the big charger scene at the end, you know, the big blower charger. Well, don't ruin it. That was awesome, and that's kind of carried through to every single. It's kind of carried. I think they the Chargers probably still even in the movie now, but all that beside the point. So I, I, you know, I enjoyed it to some degree, but it didn't ignite the passion for me. I already had a passion for cars before then. I think Fast and Furious ignited a passion for a lot of people in a different way, like for a different style and breed of car. Kind of like over the top did for arm wrestling. And, yeah. And I, I, I personally knew people that were like not even car people. And then afterwards, all they could talk about is how they, their main goal in life was to get nitrous in their car, in their Acura Integra and get a steering wheel with buttons on it that would activate the nitrous. And I remember thinking to myself, like, you don't even know the first thing about nitrous and like, what, <laughs> like, what is even happening here and why why is that so important just to have the button and it's like oh yeah it's just because this movie and you saw it in there and 
That's where it ends. So it was just kind of like weird to me. I had technical knowledge and had been building engines and was into it, but in a different way. And nitrous. Nowadays, um, I watch it differently. I, I really like a lot of JDM stuff. I like a lot of those cars and for different reasons. And I'm more open to all that turbos and superchargers and whatever. But as a movie, they're not all that super great. But I haven't watched all of them with, like, the rocking and stuff. I had a similar experience. <laughs> except instead of the nitrous, I just sat in my mom's car in the Hardee's parking lot and did a lot of whippets. Nice. So kind of the same. Kind of the same, yeah. I can relate. Had almost the same kind of sound, I bet. Yeah. And I looked like Vin Diesel. I bet you did. I mean, look, and not past tense, yeah. present tense. You've definitely been bald for all look this time. Look like him. Uh-huh. I mean, you just really need to be bald and have tank tops. Well, Tom, I wasn't quite as bald back in the day, if you don't mind me saying. I don't mind. Like 10 years ago? Yeah. Luscious locks. Luscious Hogan blonde locks. Still a lot of whippets. Had some hair, too. Nice. And this is the part of the program where we go back. Ten years in five-count history. May 18th, 2013. Tom, that was ten years ago. It was me and you and an exclusive interview with Hutch Harris from The Thermals. Do you remember this at all? Yeah. Do you know that band? Yeah. Do you know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was 10 years ago. Hutch Harris from the Thermals. I remember that. We thought that was a pretty cool interview to get. We also had Kathy Foster from the Thermals on the show, too. Yeah, we did. That's two-thirds of the damn band. It's pretty awesome. They've since broken up. I'm sure it was nothing that you did. No. Not positive, but who's to say? I remember thinking that that was a pretty good, a good interview to have says here we also gave away thermals prize packs during the show no idea what that was i don't remember that either probably gave away tickets or something yeah that's weird what would why would we have called it a prize pack because we're idiots there must have been something else that they gave to us tickets and something not sure but that was 10 years ago Wow. Ten years after that, Ton, you'll never believe it. It's right now. It's right now. We're still here. We're still doing it. Crazy. We've got an exclusive uh, guest on tonight's program, too, ten years later. Wow. It's like we're still doing it. We are. We are. Yes. Still happening. (laughs) Just reminiscing about how great we are. Yeah. Ton, we've got some more music here. Halloween, is to it? be exact. Is it more Halloween? Well, we had Marcus Grosskopf on the show, and Halloween is coming to the Fillmore in Minneapolis, May 27th, with Hammerfall. Ton will die in the pit. <laughs> oh, man. Be there. Let the hammer fall. Let's hear a song, shall we? Let's do it. Halloween 
Hello, it's Timo Tolki of X-Shotterwars. You listen to Five Count in Minnesota, United States of America. Take care of yourself in this crazy time. People hold each other's hands And fill their hearts with truth You made up your mind, so do As divine Hold on your
side With his high iron voice causing sickness He's playing you out with the lie
Hey, this is Rex Brown from Pantera. You're checking out the five count. Rock and roll, baby.
And we're back. Wow. That was Halloween. That was a hell of a show. A hell of a show coming up at the Fillmore on May 27th, Ton. Halloween. Go there. They're back. The Beware. original guys are all back. That's awesome. Ton, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on the program tonight. It was really my pleasure. Uh, I enjoy doing this with you, Dust. You did seem like you were deriving much pleasure from tonight's program. Extreme amounts, yeah. In fact, it's so much so that I hate to see it end. But everything good must end, right? Yeah. And everything really good must start in two minutes. <laughs> I mean, the true punks doing the electro. Punks. <laughs> they will be here in tank tops and leather pants doing electro. In the meantime, you could go over to the5count.com. Could be fun. Could do worse. Could join us on Patreon if you really think we're doing something special. If you pledge enough money on Patreon, maybe we'll call it a day. <laughs> Pay us a bunch of money on Patreon and we'll stop doing the show altogether. You give Ton 50 bucks a month, he will never show his face around here again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, please go to the5count.com and just click around on some stuff. Check us out on YouTube, the 5 Count channel, where we do a show called the 5 Count Co-op. That's us playing vintage video games, sometimes cooperatively, mostly against each other, and always doing a very terrible job. You really think so? I think so. I think I was pretty dominant in NBA Jam last week. You were, you were. That's true. Just saying. That's absolutely true. On Patreon, you get early access to that show. All the shows. So many shows. It's good stuff. Also, I um, wouldn't miss it. Ton misses it every week, but he says he doesn't. So maybe you should not, too, also not do that. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think we're done, though. We are done. We'll be back next Saturday. We'll be back. If you want to talk to us in between there. The five count hotline five zero seven five one nine twenty thirty. Good night. <laughs> what the hell's so funny? I don't know. All right, smell you next time. Now, turn the record over, and we will continue on the other side.